Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. So the title of the message is, The Lord Needs a Donkey. That's the title of my message. He gave it to me here. Heather knows. I told Heather, I was like, I don't even have a sermon today. It's Palm Sunday. And it's like, most churches are like, you need to preach about the palms. And the Lord's like, who said? A calendar is going to tell you what you're going to talk about, or am I going to tell you what you're going to talk about? I'm going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to talk about what the Lord tells me to talk about. Because ain't no calendar saved me. I don't even know who writes that calendar. Somebody somewhere is like, well, this day is going to be this day. And this day is going to be that day. And churches need to go by the calendar of man? I don't think so. This is not, we don't even live in the true Jewish calendar anyways. If we're going to follow something, might as well follow it where it started. But the Lord's like, no. Still going to read those scriptures. But I've spoken of every Sunday, well, the Sundays that is Palm Sunday, I've spoken about the palm. It resembles us. You know, they took palms, but now we don't have palms. We have the palms of our hands. We, we, we lift our palms. We lift our hands. We say, Hosanna. Blessed the one that comes in the name of the Lord. You know, but I'm going to begin reading on Matthew chapter 21, and I'm reading the Passion Translation. And it says, now... As they were approaching Jerusalem, they arrived at the place of the stables near the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent two of his disciples ahead, saying, As soon as you enter the village, you will find a donkey feathered along with her young colt. Untie them both and bring them to me. And if anyone stops you and asks, What are you doing? Just tell them, The Lord of all needs donkeys, and he will let you take them. And all of this happening happened to fulfill the prophecy. Tell Zion's daughter, look, your king arrives. He's coming to you humbly, sitting on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. So the two disciples went ahead and, and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and her colt to him and placed their cloaks and prayer shawls on the colt. And Jesus rode on it. Then an exceptionally large crowd gathered and carpeted the road before him with their cloaks and prayer shawls. Others cut down branches from the tree to spread in his path. And Jesus rode in the center of the procession, crowds going before him and crowds coming behind him. And they all shouted, bring the victory, Lord, son of David. He is the blessed one sent from the Lord Yahweh. We celebrate with praises to God in the highest. And then Jesus entered Jerusalem. The people went wild with excitement. And the entire city was thrown into an uproar. Some asked, who is this man? And the crowd shouted back, this is Jesus. He's the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Upon entering Jerusalem, Jesus went directly into the temple area and drove away all the merchants who were buying and selling their goods. He overturned their tables of the money changers and the stands of those selling doves. And he said to them, my dwelling place will be known as a house of prayer, but you have made it into a hangout of thieves. Then the blind and crippled came into the temple courts. 
then. And Jesus healed them all. And the children circled around him, shouting out blessings and praises to the son of David. But the chief priests and the religious scholars heard the children shouting and saw all the wonderful miracles of healings, and they were furious. They said to Jesus, don't you hear what these children are saying? This is not right. And Jesus answered, yes, I hear them. But you have read the, but you, have you never read the scripture? From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. So Lord, we just pray for the word and the message you want to give and release to your people. Amen. Speak, Lord. So like I said, I'm titling this message. I read the whole thing, but I'm titling this message, The Lord Needs a Donkey. He needs a donkey, right? He's a king. He's a mighty king. And it's funny because they were expecting the king to come. They were all. The Jews have been waiting for the Messiah to come. And yet he's, they're waiting for him on this white horse. To come in conquering and destroying the enemies. And oh, he'll save us. He's our king. But not the king of the broken. Not the king of the hurting. It's funny when the scripture says, the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. And then it says, ask the Lord of the harvest. That right there. He's not the Lord of the laborers. It says he's the Lord of the harvest. He's the Lord of the lost. He's the God of the broken. He's the God of the hurting. But the religious always thinks about them and how they think and they interpret the king to be. And it's funny. I always talk about the upside down kingdom because it's the only way I can explain it. The only way that I can explain this, because in the natural realm, it just doesn't make sense. But I've had encounters where God has brought me up to the glory. I've drawn it. It's like a little line. And I see when I go through this line, and then everything here and everything here is the same, but it's the opposite, if that even makes sense. It's almost like a reflection in a mirror. If you stand in front of a mirror and you put your left hand up, what hand is touching you in the mirror? The right and if you bring up your right hand and you put it against the mirror, what hand is touching you in the reflection? The left. It's the opposite. It's really interesting, but it's the opposite. And I see the same thing in the kingdom of heaven. Years ago, when I wasn't even church, I was with Frankie at my friend's pool. One day I'm going to play that video because Frankie has it. And I'm sitting on this side of the pool. And I'm looking at the pool. And I see the palm trees. I see the houses. I see the grass. Everything's going up. And for some reason, I'm captivated in the reflection in the water. And it's upside down. The trees are growing down. The house is down. The grass is down. And here the birds are flying up, and they're flying at the lowest. And the Lord began to speak to me. And he goes, this is my kingdom. You think you're in the reality, but you live in the reflection. That's when when scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, but now we look through a foggy mirror. It's a distorted picture. So we can't see clearly, right? But it says, but on that day when we arise, we will know just like we are known. It's all about identity. It's about finding out who we are. 
in the kingdom. Now we look through the foggy mirror. And I was looking at the water, and I'm like, it's upside down. And, and the Lord was like, this is my kingdom. And he goes, look, like the bird was up there. Here, it looks like the bird was first. But in the reflection, it looked like the bird was last. Right? It looks like the trees were growing up. But in the reflection, the, the trees were growing down. And he says, I'm doing everything the opposite. And I remember when God took me to glory, I remember telling people, it's like an oxymoron. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, it's a contradiction. It's, it's like everything that is the opposite comes together. In glory, when you're in the glory, it's like a dream. It's like, like, like I remember, I remember the song, I could only imagine. You know, and then he says, when I when he gets there, will I will I be, will I stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? Right? And I remember when God took me to glory, it was all of them. It was all the emotions at the same exact moment. I was in so much awe that I wanted to stand still, and yet I saw myself running away. I feel like, I remember telling people, I feel like I split up into seven different people, and every single one of me had a different reaction to that same exact moment. Because I remember crying, I remember bowing, I remember jumping, I remember running towards him, and I remember running from him, but he was everywhere. I remember burning, and I remember being frozen. I remember shouting, and I remember being silent. In human form in physical form you cannot have all these emotions at one hit right you almost will die you will explode but i remember encountering god and it was like ah, ha, ha. every like i remember having all of them and i'm like which one was it and the lord is like it was all of them i remember i remember the fire burning but not consuming i remember being in water but not drowning i remember weeping but i remember laughing I remember being afraid and yet being loved. It was all, it was, it was, it was all these dimensions that are hard to explain, but they were all of them. It's something, only when you enter, you're going to be like, oh, whoa. I didn't know I could feel so much. I remember the Lord putting me in a waterfall and the waterfall, water falling over me. And yet at the same time, felt like my head was open and the water was running inside of me. And I remember sticking my hands out and looking at my fingers. And the water was coming out of my fingers and the water was coming out of my toes. And I remember the diamonds of the sea of glass hitting my ribcage. And clink, 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 clink. And I would tickle and I would just laugh. And it was like the opposite. I remember like I was breathing I was inhaling, but I didn't want to exhale. I only wanted to, it was like you only want to breathe in. But then when I breathed out, it was even more refreshing, which it doesn't happen because we always try to catch a breath, a breath of fresh air, but we never release a breath of fresh air. But there in the glory, you could release a breath of fresh air. And it's just as it cleanses you in, it cleanses you when it comes out. You know, it's. And you could ride the waves in, but you could ride the waves out. Because in the kingdom of heaven works very differently than the kingdom of man. So I've learned that Jesus 
in this world of reflection, I believe we live, a lot of Christians believe the spiritual things are metaphors. They're not. I've been there. What the Bible says, the spirit revelations are not metaphors. They're literal, but not literal physical. They're spirit literal. They're literal in that place. Like when the Bible talks about he is high and lifted up. Wait until you see him. You're going to freak out. You're going to fall out. You're going to be like, what? He is high and lifted up. I saw him. He's gigantic. Though he, he's literally in front. The whole universe is like right here. And he's standing before the universe. Right here. This is the whole universe. And he's standing like this. And every single one of us is in this line. And it's something incomprehensible. And the train of his robe does fill the temple. We, we are the temple. And I saw us like, like little chicks under the wings of the mother hen. His robe, he walks, and we all are under his robe. And wherever he goes, we follow. And I'm like, what happened to my brain? Why have I seen this? I cannot dismiss it. I cannot run away from it. I cannot reject it. I know when Jesus says, when he spoke to the disciples, he was speaking on earth, but he was speaking an eternal word. He was, he was on earth, but he was speaking the word he got up here. And then he brought it down here. If that makes sense. But people couldn't understand what he was talking about. He's like, the kingdom of heaven is like. He was painting a picture so they could understand. They still don't get it. They're like, oh, yeah, well, this means it's a metaphor. You know how many theologians I listen to and philosophers and preachers? And I'm like, oh, they don't get it. Because they're trying to break down words to explain the word. Not realizing that all these words that we speak out of our mouth and that we write came from the word and that all our words are simply broken words that when they come together reveal the whole word and we think we have a knowledge and a wisdom and it's not until we come as one and we gather all our knowledges all our wisdoms that we come even close to the wisdom and knowledge of our lord and we become pompous and we think we know a lot when we simply know nothing that's why Jesus said, these people worship me with their lips, but their hearts, they're far from me. Sometimes we talk and we don't even know what we're talking about. We only talk it because we were raised in church, have no revelation, and we're just regurgitating like little birds that the mom takes the bug, chews it up, and then spits it in their mouth. And we've been satisfied. We've regurgitated food and have never decided to go and seek his face for ourselves. I told you I didn't have a message. Jesus. I'm like, well. <laughs> and we're satisfied with that. Not realizing how much more he has in store. It's like me when I was accepting abuse and I called it love. And I kept giving myself to people to simply be used. But I, in my ignorance, called it love. And I was the one that was missing out until love smacked me in the face with kisses. And he opened my eyes and he came for me, not when I was righteous and pure and holy, but when I was completely broken. Because he's not looking for holy people. He's looking for broken people to make them holy. He's looking for broken people to make them holy. Because you cannot sanctify yourself. You cannot holify yourself. Only he can make you holy. And not just holy, H-O-L-Y, but holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. 
To be holy is to be holy. You can't be righteous and pure without being complete. The only way you'll be holy, H-O-L-Y, is when you're holy knowing him. When you fully, completely know him. Then you're holy. Because he makes you whole, not broken. And when you were broken and now you're whole, you never want to go back to brokenness. You want to keep walking in wholeness. And you could keep pursuing holiness. You could be wicked, wretched sinner. But when you see his purity, his holiness, for he is the one that is three times holy. When you see his radiant face, I don't care who you are. You could be the biggest unbeliever. And one encounter with Jesus will make you a believer. That's it. I was the biggest unbeliever, and then he came for me. And his face shined. I promise. It's what the Bible describes, the way that it describes it, it's real. Like, I'm telling you, when you pull your face into the pool of the spirit realm, and you stick your face in there, you're breathing for the first time. It's like right now we live under the water, and we have never had a real breath. And the moment he brings you out from physical realm into spirit realm, and you... And you breathe the oxygen of heaven, which is only love. There's no air. It's only love. You breathe love. You're like, <laughs> like, I'm telling you, your child comes out. Immediately, you're delivered. You're like, whoa, what is this? You live, taste, eat, love. When you go into glory, you fall into a bowl of love jello. I'm telling you, when he took me up, I went blue, and I was alive. Alive. The broken kid was touched by the hand of God and pulled into this realm of life, of truth. All these struggles you're going through, they're all lies. Your culture, your tradition, your system, your religion, what your mama told you, all lies. When you enter eternity in truth, you're like, this is life. What is that? We all, like, that's why when people die, who have you heard died and wanted to come back? Nobody ever dies and wants to ever come back. Nobody. Your own mom, she loves you. But she's like, see ya. I'm done with this. When you see truth and you see love and you see that everything is exactly the opposite, you'll stand there like, they're going to make it anyways. I, I was in the glory. January 7, 2011 would have been the day if Jesus would have allowed me to have my wish, which was... I don't want to go back. You know they would have found my body, right? They would have found my body in my apartment. People would have been like, where's Abraham? We haven't seen him in days. But Jesus left me in heaven. And he told me go back. And he pushed me down. And I know I was having a Jesus encounter, but for me to be there, I was going to have to let this go. And I didn't care. I looked at my parents. I looked at everybody. And I was like, I don't matter. They're going to make it. You're the author. He's like, but I have a mission for you. He had a calling and a mission and a purpose for me to be here because I needed to meet you guys. You were going to get saved one way or another because he's your Lord. But there was a reason. Connections are powerful. They're beautiful. And yet he sends me back for that. But if not, I would have been dead. I would have been dead already, what, like 11 or 12 years? January 7, 2011. Like, and this would have been me, somebody else maybe. I don't know how that would have looked. And I was like, no, I don't want to go. I want to stay. And I'm telling you, I saw him as a giant. I'm like a little ant this big. And he's like this big. 
And I'm still telling her, no, I want to stay. I was like, no, you need me here. He's like, I need you here. I was like, he goes, why do I need you here? I was like, you need my praise here. <laughs> That's what I told him. He laughed. He's like, you silly. They're going back. Boink. <laughs> like, he, shot, he literally pushed me like with his giant finger. He pushed me right here. And I crashed into my living room. It was low. It wasn't like fast like a meteor. He pushed me down. He convinced me to look at his eyes. <laughs> he got me. But it's okay. Because now I know why I'm here. Back then I didn't have a reason to live. I was carrying too much pain. I was carrying too much sorrow. I was carrying too much sin. I was carrying too much anger. Bitterness. I was. But he showed me something so beautiful. That I'm like, am I crazy? I still think I'm crazy. I don't, I'm telling you. I think I'm halfway crazy. Because I have these memories. And I'm like, well, how can I have these memories that are so clear? And it's because he showed me a truth. So then I could come to earth and bring that truth. Because he, he doesn't want to keep it in heaven. He's trying to conquer earth with glory, with light, with joy, and peace. He wants to bring light in this world. But he, it only could come when our hearts open to him. Right? That's why he's looking for a donkey. I'm a donkey. I'm a donkey. He's riding on a donkey. He's not riding on a white, pure horse. He's a humble king. In spirit, when now, you got to look at the donkey through the spirit eyes. And then you'll see it's not a donkey. Just like this peasant carpenter Jesus is not the real king. That's only the form he took, just like every single one of you, this is not your truth. This is not your truth. This is not my truth. This physical form is not my truth. This is only here on this realm. But what do you look like in the spirit is the question. What does Jesus look like? When Jesus was with the, with the disciples and they went to the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus literally, you know what Jesus did? People said, oh, Jesus transfigured. That's, what, that's human terminology. Jesus literally, you know what he did? He opened himself up. He removed his flesh. You ever seen the movie Cocoon? Anybody remember the movie Cocoon with the little old people? They jump in the pool and then they take their skin off. They take their skin off and they're glowing beings. You remember that? We're like 80s people. If you haven't seen it, you should have seen it. I'm telling you that movie is of God. <laughs> I didn't understand it then, but now I get it. I really feel like Jesus went like this to the disciples. Let me show you who I really am. And when Jesus opens himself up, not only did Jesus open himself up, everything behind him opened up as well. Because they saw the glory. They saw eternity. Because who shows up at that moment? Moses and Elijah are like, yo, Jesus, what's up? The disciples are like, ah, what are we seeing right now? I wish, I've seen it. I wish I could grab the portal right now and just rip it open for you guys. That revival. If I could do that one time, be like, guys, just one time, you're not going to shut up for the rest of your life. Ta-da, ta-da. You're going to be like, dunk. You probably go, we need to create a shrine. I'll be like, silly. No. I'm not showing you this for you to create a shrine. I'm not showing you this so you could create a religion. I'm showing you this so you could go through the world and preach the truth. But they, the disciples didn't get it. Jesus literally opened the veil to them. He goes, like, you ever seen one of those portal movies? I promise you, Jesus opened a portal for them. And they're like, 
and they saw something glorious and they saw Jesus for who he was and then in the island of Patmos Jesus comes again and opens that realm for John and he comes in his true not human self but in kingdom self and he sees his shining face he sees his, like his feet are burning like bronze he hears his voice now his voice doesn't sound like a human voice it sounds like many waters because when you go there, I promise you, it is that. It's not anything else. It's not going to be a metaphor. When you enter spirit realm, you're going to see him. And you're going to see that the streets are made of gold. You're going to see the 12 foundations. You're going to see the whole pearl gates. It's not a fence. It's a whole pearl. It's 12 gates of 12 whole pearls, giant pearls. You get to walk through pearls. Wait until you get to heaven. You're going to see. You, I don't know why you get to walk through pearls. It doesn't even have a hole in the middle. You just go through a pearl. I promise. You'll see when you enter the city, you're going to see a big river running through the middle of the city. And you'll look over the mansions, the throne of the Lord sitting over his people. And you're going to see the people splashing and laughing on the waters. Telling you're going to be like, no. It's, it's, it's what was written. Everything that was written, it's a place. People still don't get it. All these doctors, theologians, philosophers, are reading the Bible, and well, this means this, this means, and it's not saying that it doesn't. I do believe that in their mindset, that's what it means, because the word of the Lord says, let it be done to you according to your faith. But when your eyes see the eternal realm, and your eyes look through behind the veil, then you see that everything around you that was broken is whole. So God is looking for a donkey. He's looking for what looks like a broken person that will surrender. There will, it says that the, the, the donkey was tied up. You know why the donkey's powerful? Because when you look at the, when prophets are quiet and when prophets are disobeying, God will make a donkey speak. And it's in the scripture. And I'm telling you something. Many of the prophets, many Christians, many in the church have been quiet for too long. And God has been saving some donkeys. And God is bringing some donkeys through the church and Jesus is riding on them. And they're carrying the weight of the glory. And they praise him. And they worship him no matter what people say. I'm telling you. The Bible says that he abides in the praises of his people. He sits enthroned on the praises. You think, it's, you think your song is something that comes out of your mouth and it disappears forever. Uh-uh. That's only in the physical realm. You should see the songs that you sing. They come out of your mouth and they enter spirit realm and they go straight to the throne and they're pieces to his big throne. You know how beautiful that is? His throne where he sits is a melody. The other day I went to the gym and I sat in one of their massage chairs and music was coming through the speakers. I was like, can anybody hear this? And I'm looking around, I feel like nobody could hear it, but it's just because the speakers are in the chair. And I feel like your worship, your song are like engraved into the throne of God. And he always gets to hear all the melodies because he sits enthroned on the praises of his people. It's like a literal spiritual version of what you don't see on earth. So we, he literally sits on the praises of his people. He sits on us. We are the carriers. We are the ark of the covenant. We are the carriers of the presence of God everywhere we go. So God is looking for donkeys. Donkeys that will carry Jesus. 
We might not look so righteous and pure like big stallions, but we're going to carry his glory right to the temple. We're going to bring Jesus to the temple because Jesus is ready to step into some churches. Jesus is about to do something. Jesus wasn't just riding the donkey. See, Jesus is humble for his people, but for his enemies, ooh. Jesus is kind for his sheep, but the same guy that is kind to the sheep will kick some wolves out and Jesus was riding that donkey and everybody oh Santa blessed why were the people outside the temple why did they have to receive why did the broken people have to receive Jesus outside the temple and not inside the temple because the temple is for the children of God but the children found themselves outside the temple and not inside the temple, but they still received them. And there's people that have been kicked out of churches, people that have been hurting in the streets, but they're receiving Jesus in their brokenness. Jesus is meeting them in the streets. Jesus is meeting them in their pain. And Jesus and his people are coming to the temple. Jesus is all happy. And his people are like, oh my God, Jesus, he's here. Our Savior is here. Our Redeemer is here. Hosanna, blessed is the one that comes in the name of the Lord. Because a good king will always deliver his people. Why is it that the people that were in the temple, not out in the streets, to receive him? Because the ones that were in the temple were not his people. The ones that were in the streets were his people. Upon entering Jerusalem, Jesus went directly into the temple area and drove away all the merchants in the natural realm. In the natural realm, they look like business people. In the natural realm, they're selling in the church. Oh, they're just growing. They're multiplying physically. In the natural realm. See, we got to know when the word is speaking spirit and when it's speaking natural. Right now, it's natural. He walked into the temple and saw the merchants. Drove away all the merchants who were buying and selling their goods. He overturned their ta the tables of the money changers and the stands of those selling doves. And he said to them, my dwelling place will be known as a house of prayer. But you have made it into a hangout of thieves. So what were all those people in the temple? They were thieves. And who came to kill, steal, and destroy? The devil. So who was in the temple? The devil and his children. Not the children of God. The thieves. The devil's been trying to take the kingdom of God. He couldn't do it in eternity and got kicked out. And then God said, and I'm going to establish a church on the earth. And he said, well, I couldn't get that kingdom. I'm about to get this kingdom. And God said, no. And Jesus comes from eternity, leaves his throne. He's like, you dirty devil. You think you're going to come hurt my people? You think you're going to kick my people out of the churches? 
You're going to make them slaves. You're going to lie to them and call them sinners and wicked and worthless when I've called them a holy nation, a chosen generation, or people acquired by me. And you think I'm going to sit on my throne and be still? Oh, that king of glory got down from that throne and came straight to hell. He came through earth and went straight to the devil's house. He went straight to the pit of hell. He's like, heaven, earth, the place he gave to his people. And he's like, I'm going to go straight to hell. He was birthed and he had to die. Because you know how you enter hell? Through death. The only way you enter hell is if you're full of sin. If you're full of wickedness, Jesus cannot enter hell without sin. So he took all the sins. He's like, you think you're going to keep me out? I'm taking your sin, and I'm taking your sin, and I'm taking your sin, your sin, your sin, your sin, and I'm going straight to the pit of hell. Give me those keys. So Hosanna, blessed be the one that comes in the name of the Lord. For he is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Nowhere. For you are defeated. Death is defeated. Sin is defeated. Lust is defeated. Gluttony is defeated. Perversion is defeated. Division is defeating. War is defeated. Hate is defeated. For the king of glory has the keys. And the ones that are enslaved are them, not us. Hell was not created for the children of God. Hell was created for Satan and his fallen angels, for they will never receive forgiveness for what they did. And they're trying to put the blame on you. And they're trying to deceive you. And they're trying to tell you you're addicted. And they're trying to tell you you're broken. But they're lying to you. And God is calling you holy. God is calling you righteous. God is calling you pure. But we choose who we're going to serve. We choose who we're going to obey. Do we believe the lies? Or do we believe a truth we've never heard? That you're beautiful. That you're powerful. That you are anointed and you are appointed. What do we believe? I don't know, but Hosanna. Blessed be the name of the one that comes. Blessed. He's blessed, not cursed. So the Lord goes into the temple, flips their table. He wasn't, you have to understand something. Jesus always saw in the spirit. His mouth was on earth, but his eyes were always in glory. And people don't get that. People don't get that. His body, but his eyes were always connected to the Father. He knew what he had to do. He could hear the Father. He could see the Father. And he was still on earth, walking like this. And that's why he, he knew who his people were. He went up to Peter. He's like, follow me. You know the power somebody has? To walk up to somebody and be like, follow me. And they woke up and they just followed. Those were his people. Just like King Arthur had his 12 knights, Jesus had his 12 apostles. He had his disciples. They didn't remember who they were, but he followed. I believe that the lady with the alabaster box, she's the perfume lady in the kingdom of heaven. I promise you, when do you see her? She's going to be walking around the throne and I'm like, 
smell the fragrance of real worship. I promise. I see every single person. And Jesus was able to bring the kingdom identity into a physical realm. Spiritual truth into a broken dimension. And that's why the blind man could see. And that's why the little dead girl woke up. That's why the prostitute became an evangelist. And all of a sudden, he's like, go, you go, arise, shine, see, live. That's all he did. We don't see it that way. But he has that power to provide exactly what every single one of us needs. For he is the one that supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. And all of a sudden, and not even then, come on, let's look, let's look at Jesus through time. Abraham, you know, childless, and he makes him a father. Jacob, a thief, he makes him a prince. David, last, and he makes him first. Little, but he kills giants. Every single person, Daniel persecuted, and the Lord defended him. They didn't know that he was the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah was in the den with the lions. He was the alpha. Then they, oh, he's cuddled up with lions. What's going on? You, you should have put him with giraffes, and maybe he would have gotten eaten by giraffes. But you put him with the lions, silly people, not knowing that the Lord is the lion of the tribe of Judah. That was the Lord and his angels. <laughs> they took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and threw them in the fire. Like, um... And the Lord's like, hi, guys. I got you. Ah. And then the enemies burn. Be careful you don't become an enemy trying to kill one of God's kids. Because you're the one that's going to burn. Be careful you don't slander and gossip against one of God's chosen. Because you're the one that's going to get slandered and broken. It's going to rebuttal. Because Jesus is our shield, guys. And everything the enemy creates bounces off and it hits you. Ricochet right back. That's why when they spoke a curse, who ended up broken? They ended up broken. They cursed you, but you ended up blessed. But they ended up cursed. It's the way that it works. God is our force field. God is our fortress. We are hidden under the shadow of the Almighty. I know you don't see it, but let me tell you, the Lord has his wings around this building right now. He's like this. And we're in, inside his feathers. We think we inside church. You should see it in the spirit. We're cocooned in his feathers. And then he sticks his head like that, and he speaks to us in secret. In secret. Like, give, me, give me a cloth. Give me something. Give me this real quick. His feathers cover us. And in secret, he speaks to us. In the hidden place, he gets to talk to us. And people don't know it. They think they're putting you through hell. They don't even know they're blessing you. That's why the Lord says, bless your enemies. Because all those curses, all those attacks are working for your good. They're working for your good. All the attacks of the enemy are working for your good. One day you're going to stand up. And you, you, you think I have authority? You should have seen Abraham 25 years ago. Anxious, depressed, broken, quiet. I don't trust nobody thought I was going to die, and I'm living. I thought I was hated by God, and I'm loved. You should see my messenger. <laughs> I don't even got time for gossip. You know why? I used to entertain gossip. I mean, hello, I was 
hanging out with drag queens, people gossip. People talk about each other. It's the truth. Church, oh my God, religious people, oh, they, they gossip. Think they gossip more than drag queens. Let's be honest. They do. They do. Calling themselves prophets. You're not a prophet. You're a gossiper. You're not an intercessor. You're a gossiper. Oh, we should pray for so-and-so because I heard. And they even gossip with the prophetic word God gives them. If God gives you a prophetic word and you give it to somebody else and you didn't go to the person that God gave you word. If God said, hey, give Heather a word and you gave Wally the word for Heather. Oh, Wally, God told me that Heather, oh, you're a gossip. And you're a very bad messenger. You don't even know address. You don't know how to follow instructions. If God gave you a word for somebody, it is your responsibility to take that word to that somebody. Imagine Gabriel, God sent him to Mary, and he would have gone to Josephine over there somewhere. Like, yeah, the Lord says that you're going to get pregnant with the Holy Ghost. She don't get pregnant, and then this one ends up pregnant. She don't even know how she got pregnant. No. If the angels obey the voice of God, then the prophets should obey the voice of God. And if God gave you a word for somebody, then you're responsible to deliver it to the right address. Hey, hey, a lot of Christians are like, oh, so you don't confront sin. Yeah, right. You haven't seen me preach in a church yet, Dan. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't go to the streets and tell them about their sin. No, I go to the church and tell the church about her sin. Because correction comes through connection. And since the church says that they're connected, let's bring the correction. The world, you draw them in so they could get connected. So then the Holy Spirit could begin the correction, right or wrong? It's right. We got it backwards. Just like this people right here, they had it backwards. The thieves are in the temple and the children are in the streets. The Pharisees are keeping the law. But the children are casted out. And Jesus comes and flips their tables. So praise God, Palm Sunday. Yay, Hosanna. Blessed the one that comes in the name of the Lord. That's for the children. But what does that look like? That same action of Hosanna riding a little donkey. He's like, I'm about to mess them up. I'm about to flip some tables because I know what they're doing. You don't think Jesus knew what they were doing to his kids? Oh, the Bible says he prepared the whip. He didn't find a whip. He didn't get angry and find a whip. He said, I am about to. Mm. And he made the whip himself. Because you know how you scatter wolves with a whip? The thing is, we're using the whip for the wolves against the children. And we're whipping the children further and further away into the sin, into the streets, while the wolves and the liars are taking over the churches. Oh, but there is a time of exposure that is now. It is now. If they're writing to you, criticizing you, judging you, oh, wolf spirit right there. Don't even have a conversation with them. Don't entertain them. Don't justify yourself. When they, well, I am so-and-so. Tell me why you're going to the streets and preaching to those people. You got to go to them and be like, you have no authority, you lying devil. Look at them like that, right? I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And they scattered. They scattered all this week. Ooh, if you haven't seen my Facebook lives, oh, I'm coming against the religious. I am. The Lord said, protect the sheep 
and fight off the wolves. We're not supposed to be like, love the wolves. Oh, I know the wolves. They take my father's word and they twist it. The wolves don't hide. They come with the pride and their arrogance. Why are you preaching to them people? You're going to burn with them. But you've never preached in the streets before. And now that you're preaching in the street, a Christian is concerned about your salvation. They were not concerned when you were sinning. They were not concerned when you were smoking and drinking and sleeping around and nobody in church knew it. But now that you got up to preach, somebody's concerned. Wolf. I smell a wolf. And let's kick them out. Kick them out. Jesus drove them out. If they're making profit of the broken children, they're kicking out the broken children. Jesus flipped their tables. He overturned the tables of the money changers and stands of those selling doves. And he said to them, my dwelling place will be known as a house of prayer, but you have made it into a hangout of thieves. Then, say then. Then the blind and the cripple came into the temple. Can sinners come to your church? They can't. They're being kicked out. They're being pushed away. But the children will come home. The kids can't come home because there's wolves. They're going to get eaten up alive. So the Lord says, I'm coming to my house. Get out of my house. And now he opens the door and the kids start coming in. Oh, so what you're saying is that the sinners are going to come to church and do whatever they want. No, the sinners have been in the church doing whatever they want. Let's get that straight. God is kicking them out and opening the doors to the cripple. What does, what, what does God do? If I was, give, I was talking to you guys about the upside down kingdom and that Jesus comes in and makes everything the opposite, right? I said that. So what does Jesus do when the blind come home? What did he do for them? Huh? He makes them see. Did he leave them blind? No, 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 no. The Bible says that everywhere Jesus went, he healed the sick and delivered the ones oppressed from the devil everywhere. So guess what happened when it says here that the crippled came into the temple courts. What happened after they came into the temple courts, the crippled? They started walking. They started dancing. They started leaping for joy. It says, I'm telling you, it says it because it says right here. And the children encircled around Jesus. Ring around a rosy. <laughs> I see them. I'm telling you, I see them right now. Jesus in the middle, and the kids are singing. The children, little children, or all the children? <laughs> ah, could it have been the children, the very lame that couldn't walk? All of a sudden, they're dancing, singing around the Lord. He healed us. Hosanna. Blessed the one that comes in the name of the Lord, because he's our healer. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. It says, and the children encircled around him, shouting, blessing and praises. Pra blessings and praises were music. It was a feast. It was a now that the, the den of thieves, the den of thieves became a feast. It became what it was originally intended for. And that's what God is doing. Jesus is riding on some donkeys. I'm a donkey. You might call me a jack. It's okay. When the prophets are quiet and when the prophets are ignoring the messengers of God, when they're ignoring what God says, when they ignore what God is doing, the rocks will cry out. And the one that you did not expect to bring the word of the Lord will be the one to bring the word of the Lord. 
And the prostitute you thought was just a prostitute all of a sudden is an evangelist getting people saved. Let me tell you, I met a man. I met a man. And a whole nation got saved. And Jesus was still not even hanging on the cross. And a demon-possessed man becomes another evangelist. I met a man. He's delivered me from my demons. And the Syrophoenician woman, I met a man that healed my daughter. I met a man. And all of a sudden, the people that were broken in the streets and the lady with the issue of blood, I met a man that healed me. My issue is gone. Has God delivered you from your issue? Because God delivered me from my issue. Can I tell you about the man that set me free from my issue? I had an issue of blood, but he used his blood to heal my issue of blood. And there were two blind men. Ah, oh, I met a man. I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. And God is looking for a church. God is looking for a donkey that's going to carry the glory of the Lord. When the other people are quiet, when the religious are hiding in fear, God is looking for a donkey that's going to carry his glory everywhere they go. So the people could sing. So the people could praise. So the dwarves could be driven out. You're carrying the glory of God. No longer you live, but Christ lives in you. I look like a donkey. I look broken. Maybe you don't like my testimony. But I'm carrying the king of glory. Everywhere I go. Because he carried me first. I'm, he gave me a piggyback, piggyback ride. I'm going to give him a piggyback ride. Come on, Lord. Let's go. Everywhere we got to go. Let's bring Jesus. Let's see, the, let's see the blind healed. Let's see the crippled dance. Let's see the children sing and praise to the Almighty One. So lift up your palms. <laughs> there you go. Lift up your hands and magnify him because he's chosen you for such a time as this. And yeah, look what it says. And but when the chief priests and the religious scholars heard the children shouting and saw all the wonderful miracles of healing, they're going to talk. People have been complaining. Religious people in Tampa Bay have been complaining because what happened last week in, in Ybor City. Because of people that could not come into the church, finally Jesus met them in their streets. Some of those people are going to rise to be prophets and teachers and evangelists and apostles and pastors all upon the face of the earth. Some of them will be spiritual mothers and fathers and will speak about that day on, on March 26, 2020. 23, God met them. Maybe we'll never see them again, but I'm telling you something. There is a seed that's been sown, and that harvest will come forth, and those people will enter the kingdom of heaven, whether we like it or not. Some religious people are going to get furious. They're going to be bothered because the children are shouting. The children are praising because they see wonderful things. They see miracle signs and wonders, but the religious will be furious. They'll try to interview you just to judge you. But you don't have to justify yourself because you carry the glory of the Lord Almighty. Let them testify. They said to Jesus, don't you hear like Jesus don't hear? 
Jesus is like, I'm not deaf. I am so happy right now to hear my children singing. Look at the little babies. Look at the little babies singing to me. Look at the little babies recognizing my majesty. The little babes, have you not heard? See, Jesus don't argue. Jesus asks questions. You could ask questions. You got authority to ask questions right back. When they ask you a question, be like, can I ask you a question? Let me ask you a question. And their answer will reveal their heart. We were not called to answer anyone's questions. We were called to respond to the call of the Lord. I don't care if it's Benny Hinn, Ronnie Howard Brown. I don't care if it's the Pope. They have no authority to come in here and question what we're doing. No authority. If you didn't invest time in me, if you didn't cry for me, if you didn't pray for me, if you don't even know my name, who do you think you are coming into my ministry, into my life, into my calling to question what God is doing? You have no authority. And this is how we speak to the wolves. Oh, but the little children, come, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. The wolves, we got, we got our eyes on the wolves. I got my eyes on the wolves. I got my eyes on the religious. And even when they try to come through these doors, I'm going to love the hell out of them. And if they don't want to let go of hell, they got to go with hell. Because hell is not allowed in this place. Satan and his demons, his imps are not allowed in this place. For this right here is the little fortress of the kingdom of heaven. We are an extension of the kingdom of heaven. And we gather the broken. We gather the hurting. We gather the repented. So if the religious want to come, repent. Repent. We all got to repent. You repent too. Repent from your religious ways. Repent from your hate. Repent from your bigotry. Repent from your racism. Everybody want to just talk about sexuality as if sexuality is the only thing wrong up in this place. Everything's wrong. How about we start with your heart? You have a, can I ask you a question? What about the hate in your heart? What about the racism in your heart? What about the bigotry in your heart? Okay, we could start there. Because it has to be here first, guys. It has to be every single one of us. Lord, like David, he said, Lord, check out my heart. Scrutinize my heart, Lord. Check my heart. If there's any wickedness in there, please have your way in my heart. And every single one of us should be praying, Lord, have your way in my heart. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. He's Hosanna in the highest, but he also comes to your lowest. He puts his hand in the miry pit you're in. And then he puts you on a firm foundation. He's not going to leave you down there. This is not an affirming message saying, hey, God loves your sins. Stay in your sin. No. God loves you, the sinner. God loves you, the broken. And he's about to wreck your life. And he's about to set you an example, as an example before the nations. And everything that you carried as a shame, one day you'll stand somewhere as a shining testimony. You were cursed, but now you're blessed. You were the tail, but now you're the head. You were last, but now you are first. Because he's Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, first and last. He met you in your last, but he brought you to your first. 
He saw you in your disease and brought you into your healing. He saw you in your captivity and brought you into freedom. He saw you hungry, and now you don't hunger again because you got a lot to eat. He saw you thirsty, and he brought you to an ocean of living water. This is the God of the opposite. This is Hosanna in the highest. This is the one that is blessed, the blessed one that comes in the name of the Lord. He's the one that drives away the wolves so the sheep can come home. Amen. Oof, and I didn't even have a preach. <laughs> but he did. <laughs> I'm just the Lord's puppet. <laughs> I say, take me in your hand and use me, Lord. <laughs> I saw that in the spirit. Like he, he showed me how his hand, right, prophet say, he goes, ooh. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and then I started speaking. It's like a puppet. The hand of the Lord comes upon you. Comes your, you put your hand inside the puppet, and this thing that can't speak all of a sudden speaks. Hey, guys. That's what the Lord does. His hand will come upon you. You look like a little donkey. You feel like you've just been tied up. Like there's no use for a donkey. But God's about to ride on you. God's going to climb on, his back, on your back. He's like, let's go, little one. Because you were preserved, and you were reserved for such a time as this. I declare that this is your season, this is your time. That the Lord will ride on your back. That you are going to carry God's glory into places you never thought. I see the Lord removing your shame. I see the Lord removing your guilt. I, saw the, I see the Lord removing your filth. And just climbing on you. He goes, let's go, little guy. You thought you didn't have a purpose. You thought you didn't have a destiny. But let's go. He's, I just see the Lord going, hey, hey, little guy, I've been looking for a donkey. I got a really big mission, guy. I got a really big mission. The funny thing is the Lord knew where the donkey was at. He's like, hey, over there, there's two, there's the two donkeys. Give me the donkeys. I feel like maybe the Lord, nobody saw him. And he went by the donkeys before. He's like, hey, buddy. You think you have no purpose. But in a few days, two guys are going to come and pick you up. And they're going to lead you to a great destiny. And the Lord's like, because I don't see a donkey. I see a stallion. And I believe, I believe that same donkey, when Jesus returns, he's riding on that donkey. But it don't look like a donkey no more. Now in its true form, the donkey gets a glorified body. He becomes a stallion. He's going to be like, oh, he did it with me. Hosanna in the highest. Watch. We're not staying like this. I don't know about you, but the Bible says that in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we all will be transformed. We all get new bodies. And it says, and there will be a new earth too. I think earth, earth, the whole earth gets a new body too. She's going to be like, yay. <laughs> all the birds, all the trees, all the flowers. Watch, all of them just. Oh, we're all alive. It's not like new, like something different. I believe if we get new bodies, everything, my little peanut, my dog is going to get a new body. I already see my dog in heaven. My dog going to heaven. I pray for that dog. <laughs> my little dog. God gave me that dog forever. Some of you got animals. You'll see. They're waiting for you in your mansions. When you get home, you're going to be like, oh, my little babies are here. God gave you little babies for a reason. And we're God's little babies and nothing's going to separate us from his love. Then why will our babies be separated from our love? No. What is yours is yours forever. It's yours. 
I'm excited. I can't wait to meet that donkey now. (laughs) I believe it. I believe that same horse is going to be the donkey. On earth, he was a donkey, but he got to become a stallion. And you might have been a broken, hurting person, but you are a warrior. You are an intercessor. You are royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a chosen generation. And you've been chosen to announce the virtues of the one that brought you from darkness to marvelous light. Amen. If we could just stand up. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. The altar's open. And I'll pray for people if there's no prayer team. If you need prayer, if you felt like your whole life you've just been a donkey, but you're ready for that, you want to submit yourself, even as a donkey, submit yourself. Even with your struggles, allow the Lord to get into your situation. If you've been abused, if you've been rejected, if you've been hurt, allow the Lord to get into that situation. He's going to bring glory, for he is glory. Glory is sitting on your back. Thank you, Father. If you need prayer for a family member, a friend, for a situation, we're here to pray with you. We love to pray because we believe there's power in prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you love us. Thank you, Lord, that you've chosen us, that you've redeemed us, that you're healing us, that you're restoring us. Thank you, Father God, that you're making everything the opposite. Thank you that you are taking mountains and making them valleys. And you're taking the valleys and making them mountains. Thank you, Lord, that you are drying up the rivers, but you're flooding the deserts. Thank you, God, that you're making us head and not tail. We're in the top and not the bottom. We are first and not last. Thank you that we are not, we are not defeated, but we are overcomers. Thank you that we are the city of God. We thought we were dirt, but we are precious stones. All of us jointly being fitted together to build the city of God. Thank you. We're not mud, but we are vessels. And we carry a great glory, a great treasure. Thank you that we are treasure boxes. Thank you, God, that we are trumpets announcing the coming of the Lord. Thank you, God, that we thought we were hated, but we found out we are loved. Thank you, God, that we were depressed, but you've given us joy unspeakable and full of glory. Thank you, God, that we were anxious, but you have given us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you, Father God, that our mother and father left us, but you have raised us up. Thank you, God, that we thought we were alone, but you never forsaked us. You never left us. Thank you, God, that even in the valley of shadow of death, we got to walk along with life. Thank you, God, that in the middle of the lies, truth was revealed. Thank you, God, that we are champions. We are champions. This is a room of champions, a room of overcomers, a room of lovers. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you because we thought we were fatherless and found out that we have a big, big daddy. And that nothing would ever separate us from your love. Not height, not death, not angels, not demons. Nothing in all of creation could ever even come close to separating us from you. Thank you that we're not two, but we are one. (laughs) We are one with you. Thank you that we have a friend. And he leads us not to lies, but he leads us to all truth. Thank you that we are not condemned, but we're convicted. 
convicted of our unrighteousness and sin and you're doing a work in us yay because you are author and finisher of our faith and the good work not the bad work but the good work you began in us you are faithful to complete it thank you thank you that we are we were enemies and you now call us friends thank you that we were slaves and now you call us friends thank you thank you we are doulas we are the doulas of the lord we belong to you we are co-crucified co-buried co-resurrected co-seated and co-glorify with you yay we win yay we win yay we win because of you thank you god may the lord bless you may the lord keep you may the lord shine his face upon you more and more and more may the lord be gracious to you even more and may the Lord give you more peace, more peace, more peace, that you may shine this week everywhere you go. That everywhere you stand, allow the presence of God to flow from within you and impact the nations, impact every single person you encounter. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at a gathering soon for more resources like this head to trpfamily.org